0: Good morning, how are you? It's Randy over here at uh, Made Free Church, uh, Tactical Discipleship, and uh, Servants for Christ, you know. Uh, dot com. So, uh, guys, what a beautiful morning! It's six a.m. and and uh, light's like right on me. It's six a.m. and and here in California, and um, what an amazing, amazing, amazing God we have in Christ. Yes, you know. Um, just a couple announcements before we get started. Um, if you guys need prayer, please go to made, uh, madefreechurch.org. We have a whole intercessory prayer team that's set up and also, um, they will pray over your request daily. Um, if you'd like for one of us, one of our pastors or myself or, or, uh, one of our intercessory prayer teams to call you, please leave your phone number in the phone box on, uh, the, 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 the contact sheet, right? Um, and we will call you, but we can, but here's the deal. We can only call within the United States. So if you're in uh, Mexico, Canada, Europe, Uganda, wherever, we're not going to be able to call you, but we encourage you to leave your prayer request so our team can pray for you. Um, we are going to continue our study here in First Corinthians. We're going to be in First Corinthians 4. Verses 1 through 5. Um, yesterday was kind of a, um, I don't know, there was a lot going on yesterday, so I i was just really distracted. So I want to apologize to you guys first and foremost because I was kind of distracted. I got a call and everything was disrupted and stuff like that, so um, please <laughs> forgive me. Um, but this morning, it's going to be great because we are going to be talking about a faithful minister um, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. And so let's get into it. Right. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We thank you. We worship you and we praise you, Lord. And we just we just get me out of the way, Lord, and just let your word go through. We love you. We worship you. And we praise you. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys. So uh, open up your word uh, to uh, open up your Bibles to First Corinthians four, one through five. And we're going to continue our studies in the first letter uh, to Paul, uh, to the Corinthians, the series that I'm calling Challenges That Christians Face. Now, one of the challenges that Christians face is a clear understanding of the characteristics of faithful ministers. So let's learn about this message that I'm calling Faithful Ministers, okay? Let's read 1 Corinthians 4, 1-5, through and it says this, This is now, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Jesus Christ Christ, and servants of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required of servants that they be found trustworthy. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time before the Lord comes. Who will bring the light, the things of now hidden in the darkness, and will disclose the purpose of the heart? Then each one will receive his condemnation from God. That's a pretty serious thing, you know, that the Corinthians were going through, right? So, you know, I've been a, I, I've been a, uh, I've been a, I've been around for about three years, you know. Uh, well, it's been about three years since I contracted chickenpox. Now, since I had chickenpox as a child, uh, this was the second time that I had this illness, right? This sickness. And uh, I've heard people say that getting chickenpox as adults is very hard. And let me let, let me tell you it is very hard in there right i was miserable i wanted to die i had pock marks all over my body including my face and finally after more than two weeks i felt that i was able to go back to you know go back to work but i thought that i was well that i might as well just grow my uh grow my beard since it was i had a good start on it right and finally about six months i shaved my beard off And I could not believe the comments after I shaved my beard, right? Everyone was glad to see that I shaved my beard. But as you can see, I have grown it back, right? Over the past few years, I have learned that the appearance of pastors is not the only thing Christians evaluate. Christians constantly evaluate their pastors, right? And all kind it, and, and all kinds of criteria are used to elevate their pastors, such as success, influence, giftedness, effectiveness, and so on. Pastor John MacArthur said uh, said that some magazines periodically surveys and write up extensive reports, carefully ranking the pastors, such as by 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 church membership. Um, attendance at worship service, size of the church and staff in Sunday school, academic and honorary degrees, books and articles written, numbers of messages given at conferences or conventions, and so on. And then he includes with this challenging statement, as popular as that practice may be, it's exceedingly offensive to God. And I totally agree with that statement. I mean, you know what I mean? People want to um, lift up pastors. And they want to put pastors on a pedestal. And they think that pastors, you know, uh, you know, and the Bible says the pastors must be above reproach. I mean, don't get me wrong. But we're just men, guys. We're just men of God. And we're sinners. And you have to understand that. Right? You have to understand that. And... Uh, so in today's message, passage, Paul focuses our attention on the characteristics of a faithful minister. He sets before us the characteristics of a faithful minister of God. So and so today's lesson, you know, we're to learn about the characteristics of a faithful minister of God. Now let's use the following outline. Okay, uh, the identity of the ma- uh, the, the minister. That's in, uh, uh, uh chapter four, verse one. The requirement of a minister, verse 2. And the evaluation of a minister, verses 3 through 5. First, let's examine the identity of the the minister, right? Paul said in verse 1a, this is how you should regard us. Who is us? To whom Paul is referring. Us refers back to Paul, Apollos, and Cephas, or Cephas is actually Peter in the previous paragraph of 1 Corinthians 3.22, it also refers by extension to all God's fellow workers that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 3.9. So Paul is about to give the criteria for identifying true ministers of God. The identity of true ministers should not be determined by criteria of our culture, community, or even church. The identity of a true minister is not based on success, influence, giftedness, effectiveness, popularity, personality, degrees, books sold, numbers, and so on. The identity of a true minister should be determined by the criteria given to us by the word of God. So what's the identity of a true uh, ministers of God? Well, let's see. Uh, ministers are servants of Christ. And Paul said in verse one B, this is how you should regard us as servants for Christ, right? Uh, servants. It's it's uh, the Greek word is is means literally under rowers, right? They're uh, originally uh, indicating the lowest galley slaves, the ones rowing on the bottom tier of the ship. They were the most menial, unenvied, and despised of all slaves. Right? And from that meaning, the term came to refer to subordinates of any sort. To those under the authority of another, right? Christian ministers are first and above all else, servants of Christ. In everything, they are subordinate and subjected to him. They are called to serve people in Christ's name, but they cannot serve people rightly unless they are first served their Lord rightly. And they cannot serve him rightly unless they see themselves rightly as his underslaves, his menial servants. To look, to look first. All at the needs of the people is to fail people as well as to fail the Lord. A minister who becomes occupied with helping his con- congregation and community that he spends little time in that he spends little time in the Word and is unable to meet the people's deepest needs because he has neglected the greatest resource for correctly knowing and adequately meeting those needs. That usually leads to compromising God's truths for the sake of the people's desires. Before all else, we must be servants of Jesus Christ, serving the Lord with all humility in Acts 20, 19. And then, and only then, can, we, can he best serve people. Paul, uh, though an apostle, considered himself to be a galley slave of his Lord and he wanted everyone else to consider to, to consider him and all of God's ministers as that galley slaves were not exalted one above the other they had no common rank the low, they, they had they had a common rank the lowest right they had the hardest labor the cruelest punishment the least appreciation and the, and in general the most hopeless hopeless existence of all other slaves, as Paul had already written in in First in Corinthians three five, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, diaconoi, right? Through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. Minu- a minister of Christ can you can be useful only as the Lord gives opportunity and power. We see that in in chapter three verse seven, where it says so neither he plants nor he waters anything but only god who gives the growth so ministers are servants of christ and second ministers are stewards to the mysteries of god paul said in verse 1c this is how one should regard us as servants of christ and stewards of the mystery of god that's important to understand guys right um the Greek word for stewards, it's omis, literally means house manager, right? A person placed in control of the household. A steward is supervised the property, that fills the vineyards, the finances, the food, and the other servants on behalf of his masters. Paul speaks of all Christians as good stewards of God's varied grace in 1 Peter 4.10. But ministers are stewards in especially a very important way. The minister, as God's stewards, must be above reproach in Titus 1-7 because he is entrusted with proclaiming the mysteries of God. The word mystery is mustachron, uh, as used in the New Testament, which uh, uh, is that which was hidden can be known only by divine revelation. As a steward of God's mysteries, a minister is to take God's revealed word and dispense it to God's household. He is uh, he is to dispense all of God's word, holding nothing back. Paul could tell the uh, Ephesian elders, "I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from the uh, and from house to house." testifying both Jews and Greece of of repentance toward God and the f- and and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God Acts 20 20 through 21 and verse 27 which is profitable in all scripture 2 Timothy 3 16 see the reason so many Christians have spiritual malnutrition is that So many preachers dispense an unbalanced diet of biblical truth. What they preach may be scriptural, but they do not preach the full counsel, the whole purpose of God. Pastor John MacArthur shared a story uh, of a magazine interview of a certain well-known pastor. And this is not John MacArthur, but this is a a certain well-known pastor. The gist of his statement was this, and this is the well-known pastor Um, that he was talking about i decided that the pulpit was no longer to be teaching the platform but the instruments of spiritual therapy no longer preach sermons i create experiences i do not have time to write systematic theology to give a solid theological basis for what i intuitively know what i intuitively believe is right every sermon has to begin with the heart if you have ever hear me preaching a sermon against adultery, you know my problem is. If you ever hear me preaching a sermon about the about coming the coming of Christ, you know where my heart that where that you know that that's where my heart lies. So it happens, I am not hung up on either of those areas. I never preach a sermon on either one. I could not in print, or in public deny the virgin birth of Christ or the physical resurrection of Christ or return, or the return of Christ. But when I have something I can't comprehend, I just don't deal with it. Now, that, I mean, let, me, let me tell you guys something. That's not John MacArthur's quote, okay? That's a well-known pastor that John MacArthur didn't want to, you know, say his name. Right? Okay. So, we're all good with that. All right. That description is a totally corrupt and perverted ministry. Those who listen to that man are not hearing all God has to say. Rather than bringing men to God, he is standing between men and God. And God's word is explicit about adultery, the virgin birth of Jesus, and the second uh, second coming. God's ministers are not required to fully understand the truths, but to proclaim them fully and faithfully. Otherwise, they will be like so many peddlers of God's word in in, in, in 2 Corinthians 2.17. Selling a cheapened gospel and and, and, and cheapened the Bible made more palatable by removing the essential truth. accepted as such huckstered message may be damning a minister who does not study the word cannot properly teach the word he cannot handle accurately what he does not know so first of all ministers are servants of christ and second ministers are stewards of the mystery of god let's look at the requirement for the ministers paul said in verse 2 moreover it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy The Greek word pistos for trustworthy refers to someone who is faithful, trustworthy, dependable, and reliable. A steward is entrusted with his master's household and possessions. He is expected to manage both well to his master's uh, satisfaction. The overreaching, all-encompassing requirement that God has for his ministers is to be trustworthy. God requires that ministers be consistently obedient to his word, unwavering their commitment to be faithful. He does not require the brilliance and cleverness and and, and creativeness of popularity. He can use servants with those qualities, but but only trustworthy is absolutely essential. It is, as Paul said, required. Servanthood and stewardship are, are, are inseparable from faith from faithfulness, right? An unfaithful servant or an untrusting steward is a self-contradiction. In Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 24, 45 through 46 says this, Who then is faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at a proper time? Jesus asked, Blessed is this, that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. See, when the Lord returns, the only absolute requirement by which he will judge his ministers is trustworthiness. Is we, were they true to the Lord's command? God supplies his word, his spirit, his gifts, and his power The only thing that a faithful minister supplies is faithfulness in using those resources. The work is demanding but basically simple. Taking God's word and feeding it faithfully to his people. Dispensing the mysteries of God. Proclaiming the hidden truth that has been made known. The, The best that any minister can be is faithful. Which Is just fulfilling the basic requirements let's observe the evaluation of the minister in verses 3 through 5 right when it comes to the evaluation of a minister Paul said that there were three groups who evaluate the ministry of the minister two of them did not really count only one evaluation really really counted so let's look briefly at each evaluation, okay? First, let's look at the valuation by others. This is by you and me, right? By you and me, we evaluate certain pastors and stuff like that, right? Paul said in verse 3a, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court, right? Paul made it clear that it was a very small thing that his ministry was evaluated by the Corinthians. and it should be a very small thing to ministers when their ministry or spiritual life is criticized or praised, whether, if, whether by a fellow Christian or any human court or any other human tribunal, ministers can benefit greatly from those from the Council of the wise, spiritual friend. And sometimes even the criticism of unbelievers. But no human being is qualified to determine the legitimacy, quality, faithfulness of a minister's work for the Lord. Matters of outward sin are to be judged as uh, 1 Timothy 5, 19 through one, uh, 21 indicates. But apart from the, from the discipline of a sinning mi- mi- ministers, no one can make absolutely accurate judgment to the faithfulness of heart, mind, and body of any ministers of God. A caring minister cannot be insensitive to the feelings, needs, and opinions of the people he serves. He should not try to be. A sincere word of appreciation after a sermon is encouraging, and it reflects the spiritual concern and growth of the listener's life. A word of healthful criticism can be a need needed corrective and even a blessing, right? Um, but no ministers can remain faithful to his calling if he lets his congregation or any other human beings decide how true his motives are or whether he is working within the Lord's will because their knowledge and understanding of the facts are imperfect their criticisms and their compliments are imperfect in humility and love God's ministers must not allow himself to care to care about other people's evaluation of his ministry You know what I mean So let's look at the evaluation by himself right in 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 verse 3b to verse 4a in fact i do not even judge myself for i am not aware of anything against myself but i am not thereby acquitted a minister must not allow himself to care about his own evaluation of his ministry right all of us naturally inclined to build ourselves up in our minds we all look into the rose colored mirrors even when we put ourselves down especially in front of others we often simply we we are often simply appealing for the recognition and flattery a mature minister does not trust his own judgment in such things any more than he trusts his own judgment of others he agrees with paul that his own evaluation may be unreliable as that of anyone else Paul knew of this of, uh, Paul knew of no seriousness sin or deficiency in his own life he says in 2nd Corinthians 1 12, for I'm not aware of anything against myself but he knew he could be wrong in that assessment even as an possible, he could be wrong in his own heart he too needed to remember to take heed when he stood lest he should fall first corinthians 10 12. now we continue to explaining to the corinthians but i am not thereby acquitted you see he was not proud that he knew of nothing wrong and he did not worry because he might be mistaken his own evaluation, favorable or unfavorable, had made no difference of the way in which he carried out his ministry. And third, let's look at the evaluation by God. You know, in, in what what Paul said in verse four b, it is the Lord who judges me. You know, uh, I went through something about six months ago, and um, I was always I was worried about a lot of different things, right? But I was worried about the integrity of the church, and. Uh, you know, so I made a few statements and stuff like that and, you know, uh, but the cool thing, it's been more of a blessing than anything, right? You know what I mean? I had to evaluate myself and my actions. I had to evaluate everything that was going on, but it all came out to what was being said lies. You know what I mean? But that's okay because my evaluation of myself, I started putting myself down as I was doing all this stuff because it was, was made public, but, um, but there again, man, You know, it's only God who really, really judges me. No one else. I can care less about anybody else's judgment, but I care about God's. And that's the main thing. The only evaluation that makes a difference is the Lord's anyway, right? It is the Lord judging me. Only his evaluation counts. Paul had long followed the counsel he gave Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, right? He was not concerned about presenting himself to others for approval or even to himself for approval, but only to his Lord's approval. See, ministers serve his people spiritually only when he is faithful servant of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. And God alone is the judge of the, the true spiritual value of service. Paul concluded his comments with verse 5 and it says therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time before the Lord comes who will bring to light the things now hidden in the darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart then each one will receive the condemnation from God. Let me close with, by, by the following application So be careful how you evaluate the ministers of God. All of us evaluate people people all the time. It's a part of human nature. But when you go to a movie with some friends, the first thing you ask after you see the movie, "What would you think about the movie? You talk about the plot, the drama, and so on. And after a short while, start evaluating the performance of various actors. In fact, once every year, an Academy Award is given to actors in various categories, such as Best Male Actor, Best Female Actor, Best Supporting Male Actor, Best Supporting Female Actor, and so on. That's all good and well, and there's a place for that. But when it comes to evaluating Christian ministry, be careful how you evaluate the ministers of God. The tendency is to evaluate the minister of God based on success, Influence, giftedness, effectiveness, popularity, personality, degrees, books sold, numbers, and so on. However, there's only one criteria by which to evaluate the minister's God. The standard is trustworthiness, which is also known as faithfulness. And ultimately, only God's evaluation is one that counts. God has given the ministers His word, His spirit, His gifts, His powers. Ministers must faithfully use the, the use the resources that God has supplied. They are to preach and teach in such a way as to gather and perfect the saints. It's very simple, but extremely demanding. Their, that is their calling. So let's you know, may, may God help us evaluate. The ministry of god's ministers by using the correct criteria of the evaluation there is a lot of false uh, of false teachers out there a lot of there's a lot um you know i'm going to talk about this you know i'm not so crazy about the charismatic movement but you know there's a lot i mean there's preachers out there that in the charismatic movement that pre like pastor danny over at uh Water of Life in Fontana, and there's there's Pastor Jeff Vines over at uh, CCV and, and, and one and all. They teach the full counsel of God. See, I don't go off, you know, uh, a lot of my experiences. I just want to stay within Scripture, you know. Um, and I want to stay in the full counsel of God. You know, my opinions and my experiences and my path. They're good for you guys to know. And I do share them and stuff like that. But I want to stay in the full counsel of God. I want to stay, you know, where I'm needed, where, where, where God is needed. Because I don't want to share just milk with you guys. I want to share the meat of the word, you know, so you guys get fed. So, you know, I'm not worried about if there's, you know, 50, 100, 200 million people watching this. There could be zero. Who cares? But people are going to hear it and people are going to listen to it. People are going to watch this video and they're going to say, wow. You know what I mean? And that's the basis of it is to be the man and woman of God sharing and preaching and teaching the full counsel of God. Amen. All right. So, uh, 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 guys, a couple of announcements before we close. Guys, if you'd like to uh, uh, support Made Free Church, we are a 501c3 nonprofit church, and we could really, really, really use your donations. We want to open up a church of our own. We want to stay online, but we want to be able to gather. And uh, we want to open up a men's and women's home in the next two years. And your guys' donations are, I mean you know uh are are critical to what um our thing is, but I mean if God puts it on your heart to to donate great if he doesn't great so go to madefreechurch dot uh, org and there's three ways to get it. one through our cash app, two uh through our paypal link, and three there's you can send a check or money order to the address that provided on the website madefreechurch dot org okay um also, we have podcasts that go out every time that I preach and stuff like that. So, guys, please, you can check us out on Apple, Google, all that good stuff, okay, all that good stuff. And we also have a new discipleship ministry called Tactical Discipleship. Yeah. So if you want to be discipled and you want to do that, go ahead and go to discipleship tacticaldiscipleship.org. Go ahead and sign up. And if you're a mature uh, Christian and you want to be a discipler, we train you up to do that as well. So go to tacticaldiscipleship.org. Go to the sign-up sheet and sign up there. Uh, If you guys like to check out my personal blog, you can go to servantforchrist.org. That's servantforchrist.org. And guys, please check our friends out at... 120 army that's 120 army.com they just launched a new app it's really amazing it's updated and all that good stuff so go download on your iphone and android um you know the 120 army app right and guys we want to thank you for watching today you know what i mean it's it's been an amazing serving you guys this this year and a half and And we just want to say thank you for watching and listening and all that good stuff. And it's just been an amazing journey. And and we love you. And we want to pray for you. Okay. So Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. We love you. We worship you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, you have a great Monday. God bless you.